Would you put your hands together as we welcome our guest this morning and our new, new staff member, Jared Cloud. Come on, buddy. The service is yours. Come on, you can beat that. Get on your feet. Let's let him know that we love him and we're behind him today. Would you do that? Thank you, Pastor. Love you. Love you, too. What are y'all sitting down for? Keep it going. Come on. Now I'm just joking. Just joking. Hey, we're glad to be here with you today. I always mess this up right when I get up here, but we'll get going. There we go. It's good to be here with you. And uh, we were here at the end of August, if you remember way back when. Man, it's, it seems like forever ago. Uh, but we wanted, to, as we've been praying and about what God would have us do, we uh, wanted to make sure not only we started here the right way, we wanted to make sure that we left our our uh, uh, church where we were at at Eden First Assembly the right way. Yeah. And yeah. so I want to say thank you for your grace and, and for your patience with us as we wanted to to leave them uh, well prepared to, to move forward. And also we wanted to come here well prepared to move forward quickly here as well. So uh, we're excited about the opportunity. Oh. I hope you're excited about it as well. Yeah. So, yeah. if you're not, what's wrong with you? <laughs> no, we're, we're excited about it. Uh, my wife is over here, my wife Jenny, my daughter Josie, my son JD yeah. is over here, uh, here up, up toward the front. Uh, we've got another daughter, Jaxie, and another daughter, Gentry, who is back enjoying kids' church in the nursery. So, uh, we are all J's, and so you, if you just say, hey, Mr. J, Mrs. J. Little kid Jay, you'll get it right. right. You'll get it right. So, uh, but it's exciting. <laughs> yeah, Jenny, will you stand? <laughs> I want to. I want to show. I'm married up. Yeah. I'm married up. And so, <laughs> oh, I'm in trouble when I get home. So. <laughs> But we're excited to be here with you this morning and uh, excited for the opportunity we have ahead of us here at Elm Grove Community Church and in this community and in this area. Yeah. And uh, let, let me say this, um, everything that this church has done to welcome us, everything that you have done uh, yesterday, uh, helping us unpack, and, and uh, uh, Craig and, and Ronnie and, and Kevin and, and Pastor and and uh, man, it was just in, incredible. Uh, everyone who was there to to help us unpack and just uh, I love moving. Right? Let's start off with a lie. Okay. I look I look forward to being here, but man, the process of getting here and packing and how many just enjoy that? Anybody just enjoy that? Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm hiring you. <laughs> so we. Uh, uh, it's been a process, it's been a lot of, now it hasn't been fun, I don't know what it's been, but how many know at the end of the process, you're just like throwing stuff in boxes, and you're like, I don't care, and then we got to a point, has anyone seen Gentry? I think I packed her in that box, I'm not sure, you know, and so it's just, it's been a lot of, a lot of uh, stuff going on, but uh, uh, we're excited to be here, we're excited, to be, and as soon as we can find our clothes and dishes, we'll be even more excited. And so we know they're in our garage. We know that. And so uh, uh, we'll, we'll find them someday. By Christmas, we hope to uh, be able to find something. Yeah. <laughs> That's our goal. Yeah. But 
Today, uh, again, thank you so much to everyone who has helped and everyone who's been a part of welcoming us to, to this community and to this family. Uh, we're excited to be part of the Elm Grove Community Church family. So um, pumped about being here. We had our first youth service Wednesday night. And, uh, man, it just uh, had a great time with our youth. And, and uh, man, it's just, just a, a great, great kickoff. And we're excited about the future here with you guys. Um, if you have your Bibles, uh, you can turn with me to the book of Acts. The book of Acts is where we're going to be. Uh, it's where we're going to start off Acts chapter 4. Um, today I just want to talk to you about the encourager. Do I have any encouragers in the house? Yeah. Yeah. Do I have it? Okay. If, if you're an encourager, say Amen. All right, if you're beside someone that didn't say amen, you need to encourage them, all right? So we, we're going to be encouragers. Now, I want to take a look at a guy by the name of Barnabas. Anyone ever heard of Barnabas? Yeah. All right, now don't get Barnabas and Barabbas mixed up. They're two different people. But I want to talk to you about the life of Barnabas, and we'll kind of go through his life and talk about encouragement. And I don't know if you've ever had the blessing and the honor of being out and about and your car won't start and your battery's dead. How many of you have ever had that, that blessing in your life? Isn't that just a, yeah, praise the Lord, right? <laughs> Everything else in the car works fine. But the get up and go and the battery has gone up and gone. And so you're trying to figure this thing out, and the short-term solution is usually for another car to come up alongside and hook up a set of jumper cables, and, and from their strong battery to your weak one, drawing from that other car's power, your car is able to get up and start again and operate and function normally. And the act of drawing alongside or lending energy to get another, uh, another one going is the idea behind this New Testament word, encourage. And so this morning, I just want to talk about the life of a guy here in the New Testament by the name of Barnabas. Uh, Barnabas literally means son of encouragement. His name literally means son of encouragement. Uh, his life is a great example of what it means truly to be an encourager. Now, Barnabas was a person who you felt good being around. Do you have people in your life you just feel good being around? Yeah. I hope you're sitting beside them right now. I hope there's at least two in this place, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, but I, I know I have people that I just feel good being around. And can I just be honest? I feel good being around you guys right now. Great. Great. Yes. Yeah. We'll try this side. <laughs> These guys are like, we're still weighing. We don't know if we feel good being around you. Okay, I understand. <laughs> There's people I just feel good being around. There's people who encourage me, encourage my life. There's people who believe in the best of me. And I love being around those type of people. Now, in terms of the root meaning of the word encourage, it simply means, the word encourage simply means to put courage in. To put courage in. And there are many things in life that cause us to experience discouragement. What's discouragement? Discouragement is the draining of courage. Okay? And sometimes it's a crisis. Sometimes it's a doctor's report. Sometimes it's the cutting words or the actions of another person. There's a story about a pastor who was leaving his church and at his farewell dinner, he tried to encourage his members. He said, guys, don't be so sad. The next pastor, he's going to be better than I ever was. And one member stood up and said, that's what the pastor said before you too. <laughs> and it just keeps getting worse. 
That actually happened at my church when I left. That's what, that was a, no, that's not. But I want us to look at some snapshots here of the life of Barnabas, and we're going to discover a few things that truly demonstrate what an encourager is all about. And so what are some practical ways that we can be catch this term Barnabites? Look at your neighbor and say Barnabites. Barnabites. We're going to be Barnabites to one another. And the first thing that we're going to find is in the passage we're about to read. It's in Acts chapter 4, 36 and 37. It says, So Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He sold a field he owned, and he brought the money, and he put it at the apostles' feet. So what's the first thing we want to look at? We want to look at what an encourager is, who an encur- what an encourager does. Well, the first thing an encourager sacrifices. This was at least one of the acts that earned Barnabas his nickname from the apostles. We know his, his Joseph, a son, uh, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas. The apostles uh, uh, called him Barnabas. His name was Joseph. But we know that he sold a piece of property that belonged to him. And he came and he gave the money to the church to take care of the church's needs. How many know that's putting teeth into encouragement? And I can promise you this, if you go sell property and you bring your money to the church and you give it to the church, we'll give you a nickname. And we'll let you pick it. (laughs) Right? I want to be called Hot Stuff. Right? (laughs) If you want that nickname, then you go sell some property, bring that money, and we will put it in the bulletin. Thank you, Hot Stuff, for your donation to the church. But this is what happened. You've got to bear with me here. But this is, this is, this is what, what happened. Okay? The, the apostles, the apostles, they said, let's call him Barnabas. It's a son of encouragement. We also see in the life of Barnabas that an encourager not only sacrifices, we see that an encourager seeks the best in others. Seeks the best in others. Some of you right now, you're trying to seek the best in me. Keep seeking. It's there, I promise. <laughs> If you think back with me to a guy by the name of Paul. Paul was kind of a big name in the New Testament. And Paul went from the church's greatest enemy to the church's greatest leader. In Acts chapter 9, we meet up with Barnabas again. And you see Paul who once persecuted and executed Christians. He's now become a Christian himself. But he was having trouble gaining some acceptance amongst his former enemies. I mean, you know, that'd be a, a tough way to accept. He's having a hard time living down his past. How many of you know sometimes you can have a hard time living down your past? Come on, let's, let's be real. Sometimes it's hard living down some of the things of your past. Now, Paul was the face of persecution, and now everyone is just supposed to believe that he's had this real encounter with Christ. Come on, it's like Kevin Durant trying to say he and Russell Westbrook are best friends now. No one's going to believe that, Right? No one's going to believe that. And so now we have Paul who comes in and says, Hey, I'm a Christian. I know I killed your brother, but I'm a Christian. Right? And he's having a hard time. In fact, Acts chapter 9, 26, 27. says, When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. But they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But who? But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. 
And he told them how Paul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. Now Paul, the former Christian killer, was being shunned by the church, but Barnabas, the encourager, takes him by the hand, brings him to the leaders and says, let me tell you about the change in my brother Paul. Let me tell you about the change that's happened in his life. Barnabas didn't have to do that. Barnabas didn't have to put his reputation on the line, but he did. When Paul came to Christ, Barnabas said, and he made it a point, Paul, I've got your back. I've got your back. I I believe in you. I I believe in the change in your life. I believe in the change in your heart. A true encourager sees good in us that others can't. A true encourager stands beside you and says, you know what? I know what your past has been like, but I know what God has in store for you. I know that God has plans and a purpose and a destiny for your life. He has promises for your life. And and, and brother or sister, I believe in you. That's what an encourager does. Jackie Robinson was the first African-American to play baseball in the major leagues. And breaking baseball's color barrier, he faced hostile crowds at pretty much every stadium he went to. And while playing one day in his home stadium for his home team in Brooklyn, he committed an error. And there in his home stadium, fans began to boo him. And he stood at second base, humiliated. While a guy by the name of Pee Wee Reese went over and stood beside Jackie. He put his arms around him. And Pee Wee and Jackie faced the crowd together. And suddenly the fans grew quiet. I want you to check out this video clip from this story. Now, Jackie Robinson later said that that arm around his shoulder saved his career that day. That arm around his shoulder saved his career. And in fact, today, if you'll go to that picture, today in Brooklyn, outside of the stadium, there is a picture of the statue. Uh, they'll throw it up there, right there. That to this day, you can go there right now, and this statue of Pee Wee with his arm around Jackie's shoulder commemorates that moment of when Jackie needed an encourager. Pee Wee was an encourager that day. What an amazing moment. Yes. Pee Wee was the one the true encourager, the one who stood in the midst of opposition said, you know what, I believe in this man. I believe in this man. I can tell you this, I've had people in my life who they didn't have to. In fact, sometimes I wonder why they did. But they put their arm around me and they said, this young man, I believe in him. I believe in him. I did some research on encouragement. I was encouraged. I discovered an article from CNN a couple of years ago. And in this study, the University of Michigan Business School, they compared employee performance to the frequency of praise and criticism given to employees. Now, the best performing employees, how many bosses do I have in the house? All right, got a few, all right. The best performing employees, their boss uses six positive comments Forever one negative comment, okay? And so for six positive comments, for every one negative comment, uh, employee production skyrocketed. By contrast, it found that the, the worst performing employees, on average, their boss used three negative comments for every one positive comment. 
In fact, leadership consultant Jack Zinger, he said, negative interactions tends to dampen the enthusiasm and commitment of the individual. (laughs) Well, duh. (laughs) American psychologist John Gottman, he found a similar ratio of positive and negative uh, comments to be very interactive in our marriages as well. If you want a happier marriage, if you don't like the tone of your marriage, I encourage you, I dare you to be the encourager in your marriage and see what happens in your marriage. Listen to this, tweet this, Facebook this, write this down. Your marriage will only go as far as your mouth will take it. That's good. Your marriage will only, come on wives, look at your husband and say amen. Right, I'm giving you a chance right now. Your marriage will only go as high as your mouth will take it or as far as your mouth will take it. So whenever you get home, if maybe you're the husband or you're the wife and maybe in the marriage there's just some strain right now and you see there's no one encouraging, I dare you to be the encourager in your marriage. I dare you to encourage your spouse. I dare you to encourage your kids. I dare you to encourage your family. I I dare you to encourage your your, your employees. I, I dare you to encourage your boss. I dare you to encourage that person beside you right now I I dare you to encourage because when we encourage one another when we lift one another up man good things happen in the house of God when we encourage one another you you encourage your spouse your your wife might say "What, what, what happened to my cranky old husband I'll tell you what happened he saw how beautiful you really are I tell you it's going to be a great day at your house encourage one another in the next episode of Barnabas' life, we see that an encourager also is a spiritual influence. It's also a spiritual influence. In Acts chapter 11, news has come to the church leaders that revival has broken out in Antioch. And people are coming to Christ. And the apostles, they know just the guy to send. Who do you think they sent? Barnabas. Acts chapter 11, 22 through 24. It says, news of this reached the church in Jerusalem. They sent Barnabas to Antioch. And when he arrived, he saw that the, what the grace of God had done. And he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord and to their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And a, number, a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Barnabas ex- encourages the new believers in their faith. He was a strong spiritual example. In the very next verse, we find something else about Barnabas. Very, very next verse, verse 25, 26. We find that they work for the success of others. An encourager works for the success of others. 25, 26, it says, Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Paul. And when he'd found him, he brought him to Antioch. And so for a whole year, Barnabas and Paul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Now, Paul had been out of the picture here for about nine years. And Barnabas, needing help in leading this new church at Antioch, he goes and he looks for Paul and he trains him to be a church leader. And at the end of the year at Antioch, the pair, they head out on a missionary journey. And the scripture refers to them, I want you to catch this, the scripture refers to them as Barnabas and Paul. Barnabas was the leader, Paul was the apprentice. In the historical culture of this day, the leader of the team was always listed first. However, Later on in the book of Acts, we read about Paul and Barnabas rather than Barnabas and Paul. At some point in this journey, at some point, Paul assumed the prominent leadership role. Barnabas had trained Paul so well that Paul surpasses Barnabas in leadership and Barnabas sits back and says, who does he think he is? Right? 
No. Barnabas says back and cheers him on. Barnabas says, go, baby, go. You do what you do. Because Barnabas knew, catch this, can nobody do what you do like you do what you do when you do what you do like you do when you do it? Yeah. And so Barnabas knew this. (laughs) Write that down. And so Barnabas knew this. And Barnabas, when Paul surpasses him in leadership, Barnabas is the one that says, that's the guy. That's the man. You go. The summer I graduated high school, I came on staff as the youth pastor in my home church. I was 17 years old. And youth pastor, I was youth pastoring people older than me. Youth. And in Haleyville, Oklahoma, how many of you have ever heard of Haleyville, Oklahoma? But before just like two seconds ago. <laughs> Haleyville's down southeast of McAllister. That's my hometown. That's where I grew up in. Uh, outside the penitentiary walls, I promise. <laughs> That's, and so I grew up in, in Haleyville. And uh, Pastor Oliver Kendricks, he was uh, my pastor then. There's something about me and Orville's. So we just like each other. In August of 1999, the month I began my sophomore year of college, Pastor Kendricks had a, a massive heart attack. And that led to the finding of some very, very serious medical issues. And he spent the next eight months in the hospital uh, in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And for those next eight months, I took on the role now at the age of 18, I had my 18th birthday, but I took on the role of preaching Sundays and Wednesdays, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, as well as handling other roles that our pastor usually handled there in the community. In May of 2000, Pastor Kendricks was released to come back home, and as he come back home, I was hoping he'd just take on the duties back, right? Because I was, I was a sophomore in college. I was a sophomore in college. I was a sophomore in college. I had no business pastoring a church. Okay? I was a sophomore in college. And as he come back, I was ready to hand the reins. And he didn't take the reins. He sat. And he said, I need to regain my strength. I need, to, I need to get back into the swing of things here, and I want you to continue. And for the next several months, through the end of the summer of that year, he continued to pour into my life during those times. Many times he would call me from the hospital just to check on me, to give me wisdom in handling situations that arose in our church from a hospital bed. Pastor Kendricks worked to see me succeed. And I'm no, in no way, shape, or form comparing myself to the Apostle Paul. No, not at all. Okay. But I am saying Pastor Kendricks, man, he was a Barnabas to me. Hallelujah. He encouraged me left and right. He worked to see me succeed. He was such an encourager in my life. And now, years later, and I promise you, if I live to be 300 years old, I will never, ever forget the encouragement that he was in my life. Hallelujah. He was an encourager. Who's working in your life to see you succeed? Who's working in your life for your success? But probably more important, whose life are you working in to see them succeed and to see success?
from the fruit of their labor. Parents, do you remember when you were helping your children learn how to walk? You know, they would take a few steps and then fall. And then take a few steps again and fall. As you were watching, what did you say to them? You know, stop falling. What's wrong with you? Right? Is that what you said? You're four months old. You should have this down by now. (laughs) No, that's not what we said. You encouraged them. You clapped your hands. Come on, baby, you can do it. You know, you made faces that you will never make in public. Right? Yeah, you come on, you come on, you know. You, you, made, you, know, you, you used all kinds of voices. You know, you encouraged him. I want to encourage you to do that to somebody today. Well, <laughs> well yeah, you can do it, you know. <laughs> Just see what happens. It's funny, because we spend the first couple of years teaching our kids how to walk and talk, and the next 16 tell them to sit down and be quiet, you know. But that encouraging spirit, I mean, you know that's true. That's true. But that encouraging spirit that we had in that moment, that encouraging spirit that we had with our kids, we must never, ever lose that. If you've got kids at home, I don't care if they're two years old or if they're 22 years old. I want to encourage you, be an encouragement in their life. Encourage them. 40,000 fans were on hand in the Oakland Stadium when Ricky Henderson, y'all remember that name? When he tied Lou Brock's career stolen base record in Major League Baseball. And according to USA Today, Lou, who had left baseball in 1979, he had followed Henderson's career and he was very excited about his success. And realizing that probably on this day, Ricky was going to set the new record, Lou Brock made plans to be there at that stadium. He told reporters, he said, do you think I'm going to miss this now? Ricky did in 12 years what it took me 19 years to accomplish. This man is amazing. And what Lou Brock did in cheering on Ricky Henderson should be the way of life for the family of God. Few circumstances give us a better opportunity to exhibit God's grace than when someone succeeds in an area of our own strength. Come on, somebody. Ronald Reagan, he once said, there's no limit to what we can accomplish if we don't care who gets the credit. Let me say that again because that's good. There's no limit to what we can accomplish if we don't care who gets the credit. Because encouragers work for the success of others. And in the final chapter here, the scripture records that Barnabas' life in Acts chapter 15 tells us that an encourager is, number five, slow to judge others. An encourager is slow to judge others. A few years later, Paul and Barnabas, they decide to take a young man with them on a missionary journey to Pamphylia. This young man was named John Mark. And the trip was hard. And John Mark decided to go back home. And on the next missionary journey, Barnabas thinks they should give John Mark another chance, but Paul will have nothing to do with John Mark. Paul has wiped his hands. He's like, I'm done. Okay, he left. He bailed. He's gone. And so Barnabas decides to take John Mark with him on their missions journey. And Paul takes a guy by the name of Silas. Remember this? Barnabas wants to do the same thing in John Mark's life. 
that he had done in Paul's life years earlier. He wanted to encourage him, encourage him to be the man that God called him to be, encourage him, you're not a failure and you're not a quitter, you don't give up, you're just someone who needs to be encouraged. And I just, I just wonder as we look around our community and as we look around people who maybe you see, they're, they're not here this morning and people who you may recognize that maybe they haven't been here in a while, I just wonder how many of them, they're, 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 they're just waiting for someone to, to speak a word of encouragement into their life. They're just waiting for someone to come and say, hey, we miss you, you, you need to be here, you're part of the family. They just need a word of encouragement. That's all John Mark needed. He didn't need someone to come alongside and say, what are you doing, you lazy bum? Get up. No, he needed someone to encourage him. And this is what Barnabas did. In time, John Mark became a great missionary. And in fact, Paul sends him to the church of Colossians. And as Paul is dying, Paul, the guy that said, nothing to do with him. I'm done. He bailed. That same Paul asked John Mark to come and be at his bed. 2 Timothy 4.11 says, Only Luke is with me. Bring John Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me and to the ministry. John Mark would later come to be known as just by the name of Mark, in which we get the gospel of Mark. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Paul would write most of the New Testament. And both of these men had one thing in common. They were under the ministry of Barnabas. And what was his ministry? He was the son of encouragement. We get a lot of the New Testament from the mentorship of a guy who encouraged. And in fact, American writer William Arthur Ward, he wrote, Flatter me, I may not believe you. Criticize me, and I may not like you. Ignore me, I may not forgive you, but encourage me, and I will not forget you. Our words are powerful weapons. And with just a few words, we can tear down, and we can hurt. Or we can brighten someone's day, and we can encourage them. Encouragement. It's the gift that greases the gears. It really is. Without this gift, a church family can grind and scrape its way through life. Without encouragement, a church can be morally upright, it can be righteous, it can be doctrinally correct, but without encouragement, it will disintegrate. A church cannot exist as a family if this gift is missing. It is absolutely critical to the existence of a loving, growing family. The gift of encouragement. I'll leave you with this. Never give up on God. And never give up on one another. Never give up on God. And never give up on one another. I want you to look at your neighbor on your left and say, I will not give up on you. Come on, say it louder. I will not give up on you. If you're married to him, give him a kiss. Make sure you're married. Turn the person on your right. Tell him, I will not give up on you. I will not give up on you. If you're married to that person, give them a kiss. (laughs) No matter what you're going through, no matter how far you fall, no matter how many mistakes you make, I I will not give up on you. We're in this thing together. No matter how bleak the situation looks, no matter how hopeless it seems, we're family. Will not give up on you. I will not abandon you. You will not walk through this alone. Hallelujah. 
We are in this together. We love one another. We encourage one another. Why? Because we are the family of God. Amen? Amen. Now, I'm going to ask you to stand your feet with me this morning. As you stand today, this call is real simple. I ask you, if you would, just to bow your heads and to close your eyes. As you're there today, maybe you're here this morning and you're going through some type of hardship. Maybe you're going through an uncharted water, something you've never navigated before. And this morning, you just need some encouragement. You need some encouragement. We've all been there. I've been there. Maybe a job that's on the line. Maybe a relationship that's going south. It may be a dream that's fading away. It may be joy that's dwindling. Passion that's dying. But we've been at that place. Every single one of us. Where we just need someone to team up with us and say, you know what? God's got this. You know what? God's got you. We've all been at that place. We need someone just to come alongside of us. Feels like our battery is running low. Someone just to come alongside and hook up and recharge us. That's what encouragement does. Puts fresh fire in our bones. Encouragement gives... It, 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 gives us the opportunity to look beyond our circumstances, look beyond our situation. It gives us hope. That's what it is. It puts courage in you. You can face this. You can walk through this. You will get through this. God didn't bring you to this to not bring you through this. You will succeed. You will move forward. The enemy is a liar. His plans will not work. God's got this. So at this time, I don't know what your need is. I don't know what your situation is, but God does. And so if you're here this morning, you would say, you know what, Jared? Yeah, I I could use just a word of encouragement this morning. I could use a word of encouragement. Would you just slip your hand up right now? And I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up, and will you leave it up for me? Come on, we're, we're, we're family. We're family. We're family. We're family family now everybody who has a hand up leave leave it up leave it up leave it up because I want everyone else a lot of times we ask people to come forward and pray but here's what I want to ask this morning I want everyone else open your eyes and turn around and look and I want you to see someone has their hand up and I want you to go to them right now I want everyone that has a hand up they need people around them they need people around them and I want you to begin to pray with them begin to pray with them. God's going to use us as, as a body to speak encouragement. To speak encouragement. Right here. Right here. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you, you know what? I want to get in on this. I should have raised my hand. Just go ahead and slip up your hand. We'll, people will come to you right now because we're family. It's what we do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
you have gathered around those, I want you to begin praying right now. Praying for them. Praying for them. Praying for them. Come on, go ahead and go to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Father, we come before you this morning, God, and you see each and every hand that was raised. God, you see the situations that are represented. God, you see the circumstances. God, you, 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 you see the details. And God, I pray today, God, that you would use this body, you would use Elm Grove Community Church, God, as a family, to surround these individuals, to surround these families. God, to put courage into their life, to put courage in, into their hope. God, to put courage into their dreams. God, to put courage into their steps. God, that this morning they would recognize and they would realize that not only is there a church family on their behalf, but God, there is a God who's above all and in all. There's a God who nothing slips past His eyes. There's a God who nothing slips past His, his thinking. And Father, let them know this morning, Lord, that you see each and every uh, intrinsic detail of the situation that they're facing. And God, before they ever stepped into this moment, God, you have a plan and a purpose and a destiny. And God, nothing that the enemy throws at them can alter, God, what you have set before them. And so, Father, right now, we speak encouragement. We speak hope. God, for those who come, and God, there's a, there's a report from a doctor, Father, that really has courage drained this morning. God, we speak healing over them. God, we, we, we plead the blood of Jesus over them, and we thank you for the healing that's being brought into their life. God, for those who have relational issues, God, for those who, who need a restoration, Father, I pray for restoration, God, in their life. Father, whatever the situation, the circumstance may be, those who, are, who have a big decision that lays before them this morning, Father, I pray, God, that you would just speak with the mind of Christ. God, you would give them wisdom and knowledge, discernment. God, to act and to move and to function in the role that you would have them be. And so, Father, I thank you this morning. God, I thank you for the encouragement that we have found through one another. And through the encouragement we found through the great encourager, our relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, Father, I pray your blessing upon each and every individual here today. God, when we need that word, God, may that word be present. May that word be present in our life. And, God, I just thank you. Thank you for this family that you've surrounded my family with. And, God, we speak blessing over them. And God, we speak blessing over this body. We ask all this this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Come on, if you receive the word of God today, put your hands together this morning. Amen. I will not give up on you. Thank you, Craig. One person. I will not give up on you, and I pray you don't give up on us. Amen? I want to hear you say it just so I feel better about being here. Come on, say, Pastor Jared, I will not give up on you. That makes me feel a lot better. Hey, we love you guys. Thank you so much for taking us into this family. Look forward to the, 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 the next phase and the next stage and whatever God has in store. 
We don't give up on God and we don't give up on one another. Amen? Amen. Amen.